0: What's it gonna be then, eh? A question posed in the book Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess by main character and protagonist, Alex DeLarge, when he analyzes his past, present, and future in society. The question, what's it gonna be then, eh? can relate to so many things in our lives. Uh, Specifically, what's so prevalent in today's world especially in the GTA in Toronto, with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens opening up their first-round playoff series tonight, 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Game one, puck drop, and this is the same question we all have to ask. What's it going to be then, eh? Hey. Hello, everyone. My name is Mayor Russo, and join me for this playoff preview episode on the Leafs Line Podcast. It's just me. I'm solo. I'm just going to give you my thoughts on this matchup, this historic matchup, the first matchup since 1979 and what we expect to see or what should we should be seeing from this violent Maple Leafs team. The only thing holding me back from really believing and going full heartedly with confidence that the Leafs are going to win the series is the scar tissue. I've been there before. I've had to stare at my screen, my television for hours on end and watch this team crumble like a paper Bag. It's ridiculous to see how many times they can choke a 4-1 lead, a 3-2 lead, any lead for that matter, a series lead. And this year, I'm hoping it will be different. It should be different. The Leafs should win. But will they? Montreal, our favorite as the underdogs here, uh, and they take full pleasure in doing so. Uh, you look at Brendan Gallagher, who's really taken this uh, underdog perspective to heart, and he's really using it as power to drive him through this playoff series and act as a catalyst for his hockey team, maybe a rally cry, so to speak, that they're the underdogs now, and they have been the underdogs for quite a while. But they're a sneaky hockey team, and they are most definitely built for the postseason. And this matchup, no matter which way you split it, dice it, cut it, it's a battle between identities. And for the Leafs, it's both internally and externally, both on the ice and in the dressing room in this series. Leafs-Habs, one of the most physical series you should be seeing. And I say should, and I'm going to be using this word around, throwing it around very lightly. You should be seeing a crazy battle between these two teams, a rivalry battle. We've seen it with Toronto and Boston, how heated things can get in the in the heart of passion. It, it's going to be an amazing series between these two teams, and I think it's going to really show what the Leafs are made of. Dubis, Cal Dubis, on paper, has crafted a squad that should be built for the playoffs and should be able to react to adversity. Whether it begins in the regular season, which it has with injuries, with guys like Wayne Simmons going out, Joe Thornton going out, Austin Matthews going out, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Zach Bogosian, Zach Hyman, uh, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall, it's a revolving door. We usually refer to it on the show as the fourth line as a revolving door line. But the injury list, the I.L., Definitely a revolving door line, which sees so many Least players making their way, both this season and I think with the Maple Leafs making a deep playoff run as it goes towards every team that tries to do so, gets even more greater on the injured list. And we're going to see what this Maple Leafs team is made of. They've already played 54 games this season. We're going to see if they can go through this final stretch of 16 games, 16 wins that you need to hoist the cup for the first time since nineteen. 19- 67, a horrible number in the minds of Leafs fans and all dwellers of the greater Toronto area. But I think this should be the year On paper, it should be the year. They have all the right pieces to go against uh, all these teams that they're going to have to face. The Montreal Canadiens, the Edmonton Oilers, or the Winnipeg Jets, the Boston Bruins, or the um, Washington Capitals. All these teams, the Islanders, the Pens, they're so much better than them on paper. And they're favored in the betting odds as well to win the Stanley Cup. And no matter how much you look into that, it doesn't mean too much, the betting favor. But it does say something about this team and that they are anticipated to go far. Leafs' lines are fully healthy, and what we envision from October and more, we've added key pieces, Nick Fellino, Ben Hutton, who can slot into the lineup, Zach Bogosian was added in October to add so much toughness for situations just like this, and more, more players like uh, TJ Brody, who is a great acquisition and has had nothing whatsoever going for him on the offensive side of things, but... From the goals, uh, from the defensive perspective, he has been lights out and has been such a help on the back end and allowing Riley to really have that green light mentality and just rush up the ice and help out with uh, the forwards may it be needed with Austin Matthews now officially winning the Rocket Richard Trophy and this one was over. This race was over a long way ago, but uh, the, the Leafs with the lineup. The, so I'll, I'll give you the lineup for context here, heading into Game One. This was the least what least we're practicing with. Uh, yesterday with uh, Sheldon Keefe and all the guys. So you got the first line, Matthews, Hyman, Marner. Perfect line, speedy line, and can get it done. They've done it so many times this year. Uh all, all Hyman, although coming back from injury, should in theory greatly impact both Matthews and Marner. And they have proven time and time again that they can produce at a wild pace. Then you go to the second line. You got Nick Foligno, uh centering that line with uh, John Tavares and William Nylander. And uh, this line... This is just my thoughts on it. Many people believe it's going to be a a powerhouse line, very offensive, and it's going to complement the first unit. I see it being a very defensive role, Uh, shutting down the Habs goal scorers. If you look at the Habs lines, which I'll get into a little after, uh, briefly that is, you got on that second line, headline in the second line at least, Toffoli and Suzuki, both their main goal scorers, and Suzuki, who had a great playoff series uh, last year against both the Penguins and the Flyers, great playoff bubble performance along with Koteniemi, who we'll also get into after. But uh, Toffoli, a natural goal scorer, was uh, at the beginning of the season head and shoulders over the competition in the goal scoring race. He did fall apart a little bit, but nonetheless, goal scorer the same way. Uh, and I think this line is going to have to take exception to the Habs. They're going to have to counter them. They're not going to have to go all in on the offensive side of things. They're going to have to really focus on their tough play and their defensive outing and helping the second pairing, which is known for the Maple Leafs as a shutdown pairing, the right, the Muzzin-Hall pairing, that is, uh, to really keep this team at bay, because this is where most... of the energy and the uh, momentum swings in the Habs' favor when they score goals on the rush. And this is a key part in the Maple Leafs system that they do struggle with against the Habs, allowing them to get odd man rushes and them capitalizing on it eventually. And players like Toffoli and Suzuki take full advantage of this. And uh, for this second line, I think it's going to have to take a great exception to playing the technical aspect of this game and really taking the space and the air, quite frankly, out of this contest, especially in game one between the Leafs and the Habs. And uh, they're an underrated physical line that is uh, greatly overlooked with Nylander flanking it. Uh, Nylander, obviously not known as the most physical p- presence, uh, definitely has the goal-scoring touch and the playmaking ability when he wants to. I really, many can say this with me and attest to me for this, I always relate William Nylander to a guy like Patrick Laine. Maybe a more or less significant and less skilled Patrick Laine, but all the less more productive Patrick Laine. And obviously he's playing for a much better team, has a much greater role with this system, uh... Patrick Line a lazy player. He has all the skills in the world that can allow him to go far. He just doesn't want to use them ever. And uh, William Nylander, at times, can be the same way. A lazy player that doesn't get off the ice at the right times, takes bad penalties, and just simply doesn't know how to see the play at times. But when he's on, boy, you better look out. And I think we're in for a treat here, which he has been red hot down the last stretch of games. And no matter which way you look at it, we talked about this in uh, episode 14 of the Least Line podcast with the guys Uh, no matter how you look into regular stats or not, regular season stats or not, that is, uh, they don't make that big of a difference. The playoffs is a whole new beast, and players, it's a fresh start for them, and uh, they'll be looking to get on the uh, high horse, if you will, uh, to start off the series. And the third unit, spanking brand new, fresh out the brown bag, and has not played together whatsoever this year. Well, that is, Riley Nash hasn't played with the Maple Leafs whatsoever this year after being uh, acquired by the Maple Leafs uh, from the Blue Jackets for, I believe it was a six round conditional pick, very cheap, uh, for a guy who's demolished them in the past, steamrolled them, and scored really big goals against the Maple Leafs in big playoff games. Riley Nash, like we've said before, uh, quickly on him, he's a shutdown guy. He's going to win you face offs in the center and the, uh, the dot, and he's also going to really take a play a play a role in the defensive side of things he's not the most fleet of foot so to speak and he is definitely not going to produce the offensive numbers that we've so seen from guys on that third line you think of uh Pierre Engvall uh sometimes Adam Brooks you're not going to see these offensive performances he's going to stay back and let the guys like who have chemistry Kerfoot and uh Mikheyev, go at it and he's going to definitely be sort of a uh anchor between them and really balancing out the play which i do like this third line and i have a really good feeling it's going to change uh, as we go down this series but for game one i don't see which other line you want to uh, send out there and obviously we haven't seen much of riley nash i don't even know what jersey riley nash is donning for the blue and white in game one but uh it's I think it'll be interesting to see how these players react with each other and on paper and in theory and this is all we can look at right you got to remember that we haven't seen these guys play in a playoff series in theory this line should be not fast but really technical and able to take away space from the third line that is the sandpaper line uh, for the Montreal Canadiens with uh, Josh Anderson, Corey Perry, and I believe Jake Evans. And it is a really hard-hitting line that the Maple Leafs have to battle. You're not going to beat this line with speed and skill alone. You're going to have to go right at them. And I think Riley Nash is the perfect addition for that line. Uh, the, the fourth line, uh, nothing nothing much there. It's a very old line. I've barely seen any of these guys playing their careers, really catching the tail end of them. Uh, you got Wayne Simmons, uh, Jason Spezza, and of course, Jumbo Joe Thornton. The grandfather line, if you will. Slow and steady and can play a technical game of playoff hockey. And this is where the Leafs have to lock down. They can't get frustrated. And these three guys here on this line, this fourth line, that is, will have to really stabilize this entire group. Uh, you can't get frustrated with the Montreal Canadiens. You know how they're going to play. And this is how I see the Leafs. I envision I envision a lot of things when it comes to the Maple Leafs in playoff hockey, uh, one of which traveling down to Maple Leaf Square, uh, cheering with the fans after they win, not just a series, but one day a playoff, uh, a a playoff championship, and a Stanley Cup, and that's the one thing I envision all the time when it comes to the Maple Leafs playoff runs. And well, so far I haven't been granted one wish. And uh, with this line here, I envision them to be shutting down the uh, the Montreal Canadiens fourth line, a very young group there. And uh, they're going to have to play physical. They're going to have to hit hard. They're going to have to go in between the whistles and make sure nobody, and I mean nobody, touches Jack Campbell or Frederick Anderson, whoever will be tending the goal. And this line is going to play a huge role in sparking confidence within the squad. Guys like Jason Spezza is going to really, with his offensive performances, and we saw with his physicality last year in the play-in series, when he sparked his team's 4-1 comeback uh, win over the Columbus Blue Jackets in Game 4 with a fight. You're going to see this from these, from these guys. They know their role. They're not here for offensive performances or defensive showings. Yes, it's expected. It's not expected too much. It's needed and mandatory in a game like this in the playoffs, but they're here for their physical play and they're here to spark something for the top two units and really get the game going for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you go look at the Habs third line, like I mentioned earlier, uh, they will be the most lethal in my opinion and hold the biggest role in combating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, there's these key notable misses that uh, head coach Deschamps is uh, taking out of the lineup for game one. Now, Deschamps did say is not 100% certain that he's gonna keep these lines heading into game two. And uh, I totally believe that. These lines aren't gonna be set in stone for the Montreal Canadiens, nor are they gonna be set in stone for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're gonna see guys changing on the fly uh, every game. You're gonna see maybe Pierre Engvall get some action, Adam Brooks, if anything, get some action. And uh, like this this old saying goes, uh, problems lie in the lack of talent with this team uh especially when stacked up to the maple Leafs, the uh Toronto Maple Leafs have the Montreal Canadiens beat in every area that you can look into before puck even drops and if you even want to look at the puck drops the Maple Leafs are beating the Montreal Canadiens 7 to 3 in the uh regular season series Man, that, that that should not mean nothing to you guys and uh, doesn't mean anything to me at least the playoffs are a totally different beast as we mentioned and say over and over and amplify through this podcast uh Notable notable mentions that are out of the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens and have raised eyebrows, to say the least, in uh, Quebec. Cole Caulfield out of the lineup in, uh, I believe he has two, three three goals, uh, two of which coming against the Maple Leafs uh, in his first 10 games of his career. He's having a terrific start to his career. Uh, highly expected to have a great impact with this team, and he's head and shoulders over those expectations, and is really uh, becoming a fan favorite, a household name, both in the minds and houses of the Montreal Canadiens, and of course the Toronto Maple Leafs, who he has had their number. And he is out of this lineup for reasons beyond me, but I am so sure that if the desperation kicks in with the Montreal Canadiens and they get down three uh, nothing, or three to one, three to two, whatever it may be, and their backs are against the wall you will most definitely say the rookie Cole Caulfield in. Who cares about that ELC? He is your future. And what does it mean if it's your future? If you're not going to use him now, he's hot now. He's playing now. Why not use him? Uh, it's, it's just a match made in heaven for uh, Cole Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens. He's had the Leafs number and he is sitting out for game one. These lineups are expected to change, remember. And Yemi, uh, four assists. He's really uh, shot himself out of the lineup, so to speak. Four assists in his last 24 games. This guy really took a turn for the better in the uh, bubble series last year against the Pittsburgh Penguins when he had a breakout series against them, and he even extended it further against the Flyers when they took him to Game 6 and ended up uh, falling to the Flyers by a score that I do not care because I was just happy to see the Montreal Canadiens out of the first round of the playoffs. But Colton uh, Yemi had a great series then, and uh, he has struggled a bit this year, scuffled uh, so to speak, and uh, he has really forced himself out of the lineup. Probably an easier decision for uh, Deschamps, but... What is really looking forward to after I say this last name here, or these last two names rather, uh, you'll see which way Deshawn and the Montreal Canadiens, Bergevin as well, are going with the squad for this series. Uh, Romanov, a young uh, rookie defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, has had an on and off uh, season with the team, known for his more defensive and physical physical role. And you would think in a playoff series, why would you keep your physical players out? Well, uh, Bergevin and Deshawn don't really look into those kind of stats, and they replaced him with. Acquisition from the trade deadline, Merrill, who uh, in thirteen games is pointless and uh, is really uh, scuffling it up on the back end for the Montreal Canadiens. Definitely a uh, not what they wanted to see here. Uh, Problems lie in the lack of talent, like I said, for the Montreal Canadiens and this Maple Leafs team are gonna have to take full advantage of uh, their skill and what they can do with this team. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens ranked 17th in NHL offense this year, averaging at 2.82 goals per game, and was an underlying factor in last year's round one exit at the hands of the Flyers, despite Price's heroics. Can history repeat itself? Well, the Montreal Canadiens are not known for being the most talented team up front. You can see with all their guys, they have no particular star players on that front. You look at their only star players, I'd say, 1A, 1B. You could slot them whichever way you want. Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson. Uh, You could look at Tatar as a star player. Maybe he was in Detroit. Uh, If Tatar is your lead goal scorer or in the top three on your team in goal scoring, there is definitely a problem with your team with the production amount. And the Montreal Canadiens, as we know, are not known for being that offensive powerhouse that's going to put four or five goals up on you night in, night out. They're going to edge you out in close contests, three to two games, two to one games. And I think this is what the lineup's going to look for and uh, shaping up to produce for Desham and the Montreal Canadiens, both in game one and whichever way they decide to go down the stretch. And I think that game one is a testing game uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and Deshaun, seeing what he can throw out there, what he can put in the fire against this Maple Leafs team that is more than hungry for playoff wins and a, finally a playoff series win, the first since 2004. Now, uh, the the Montreal Canadiens have so much room to work with, yet at the same time, no room at all. You only got to win four games. At the same time, you only got to win four games. Uh, It's going to come up quick against them. Deshaun is in a really weird situation right now where he has to uh, see which guys are going to work for the Montreal Canadiens and which guys are simply not going to work for the Montreal Canadiens. You want to go youth or experience. And with game one, his lineup, and this is all we can look for, remember. I really don't like uh, beating the dead horse here and saying uh, w- what these lineups are going to look like, because it seems like that's all we have available to us. But uh, it's either going to be he goes with his youth like he did last year, which did work for him in game one, or playoff or round one, rather. Uh, but in the second round, it didn't work too much either, and they really fell flat on their face with the goal scoring efforts, and Harry Price simply wasn't enough. Couldn't the Montreal Canadiens couldn't get it done on the scoring sheet and on the offensive uh, on, on offensive prowess uh, with this squad, and that's their big reason why they had a first round exit last year. And uh, Deshawn is going experience and veteran presence over youth and. No matter which way you look at it, this can be a good thing or a bad thing. The Maple Leafs, uh, they did the complete opposite. They added veteran presence uh, for this playoff series. You guys look at a guy like Nick Felino, who was a deadline acquisition. Guys, if you go look all the way in the signings in October, Joe Thornton re-signing Jason Spezza, bringing in Wynn Simmons, getting much, much older. All these guys now highlight the fourth line and are going to be a physical presence and one of the key areas for the Maple Leafs uh, in this playoff series. We'll see which way Deshaun goes in Game 2, Game 3, and Game 4, and whichever way the series takes them. But uh, starting off clearly with a veteran touch. And uh, he did say he's 100% open to shifting the lineup need be in games to follow. Maybe testing his limits and what he can can and can't do against this Hungry Leaf squad, like I mentioned, but that's how bad the Maple Leafs are than the Montreal Canadiens. They have to make teams test their lineup. And uh, lineup changes, like I mentioned earlier as well, will be changed when desperation is kicked in. And, uh, don't look into Game 1 lineup at all that much. Uh, and finally, this big area of concern with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens, which everyone has been looking through at, in Twitter, and finally watching AHL games for once, uh, the goaltending situation between the Leafs and the Habs. Now, for some odd reason that absolutely blows my mind, Leafs media was thinking Frederick Anderson was going to be the starter, heading into the playoffs for game one, game two, game three, Uh, whatever it may be. Is Freddie going to even get a game in the playoffs? Many believe he would after his, well, what you might want to call a mediocre at best uh, first game against the Ottawa Senators, first game back in nearly a month and a half uh, dealing with injury. And Frederick Anderson, I don't want to get too into Frederick Anderson's situation because there is a lot of meat and potatoes and gravy to dissect here, but he is had a horrible season a season to forget for the Maple Leafs and lucky for him and lucky for the fans of this Maple Leafs franchise don't think he's going to be returning next year guys i mean you look at the way he's played this year the way he played last year the ability for him to not win key playoff games we we've had him for 3 4 years now and he has not won one playoff series for our team and nor should he obviously you shouldn't be relying on your goaltender to win you a playoff series but uh the Montreal Canadiens really tried hard for that one last year against the Flyers and really uh, push Carey Price to the brink of uh, his capabilities and can show that a goalie cannot stand on his head so often than not. And you're going to need offensive talent to get you through a playoff series. Goaltending means nothing. And we saw this through, uh, we're, we're seeing it right now, obviously, through Marc-Andre Fleury, if you're paying attention to the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Wild and Golden Knights series down in the uh, Central. It's uh, bloodbath between these two teams, close games, and the goaltender's are really standing on their head, most notably Marc-Andre Fleury, who allowed one goal in the uh, first game and then a shutout in the second game, or sorry, one goal in the second game rather, uh, a total of two goals in two games. This is what the Maple Leafs need in this series, this upcoming series against the Leafs and the Habs, from their goalie Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell has done more than, uh, than anything else to prove that he is responsible for this goaltending role has had an immaculate season, has broken records for the Maple Leafs and for the National Hockey League, respectively. And there's no other option for the Maple Leafs to go in net. It's going to be Jack Campbell. He was confirmed many days ago that he was going to be the starter. But this is where it gets tricky. The Maple Leafs and the Habs play a back-to-back in Montreal for Game 3 and Game 4, respectively. Who's starting Game 3 and who's starting Game 4? Leafs go up 3 nothing. say. This is a big if. Leafs go up 3-0. Who's starting Game 4? I'll let you sit with that one. Who's starting Game Four? Well, many believe. Well, Jack Campbell's gonna need the rest, right? Uh, what if they What if they lose? They got to play a game in the next two days. That means Jack Campbell's gonna be playing three games in four nights. Yeah, not the most ideal situation. But then look who's the guys. Behind, look at the guy behind you. And for the Maple Leafs, at least the lines of practice, the guy behind them is Frederick Anderson. This guy who has had a horrible start in the AHL, mind you, working with horrible AHL defensemen, and a mediocre at best, like I mentioned, start against the Ottawa Senators, a red-hot Ottawa Senators team, which, if you're looking at the last 15 games of the season, would most definitely make the playoffs and be a top three contender, if you're looking at that short sample size, who were firing on all cylinders, and the Maple Leafs did play with a relatively healthy lineup in that one. But you look at who you're going to want to put in. Is it going to be Frederick Anderson on that second half of the back-to-back? up 3-0, you know how crucial and how many times Leafs fans, it's scar—it's in our memory how many leads we blow. This year's going to be different, hopefully, but we know that the Leafs have a tendency to blow big leads, 4-1 leads, 3-1 series leads. It's uh, something that you don't want to take lightly and you really want to nip in the butt before anything bad happens, and I think Jack Campbell is the guy you're going to go to and turn to for game four. You don't win game four, that's cool, Jack Campbell has to play every single playoff game. You have to understand that. He has to play game one, game two, game three, game four, game five, six, and seven if needed. Just because the Leafs need for this fan base and for this team internally and externally to win this series. You know how much confidence they're going to bring if they win against the Habs? Not just Leafs fans are going to have something to brag about against the Habs. Oh, yeah, the Habs have won so many more cups, so many more recent cups. Well, guess what? For who are the better, the Leafs the Habs? The Leafs win. The Leafs are a better team. Nothing you can say. Both teams went through injuries this entire season. Both are dealing with different uh, aspects in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, the Leafs have a more heavier payroll. Well, that's on your GM Habs fans. Bergerman is known to be a cheap GM unless he's sh- signing Josh Anderson. Uh, he doesn't bring brought in any talent. And I keep saying this on our podcast and our episodes when talking about the uh, Blue Blanc et Rouge. Uh, they're a very cheap team. And they don't have many start pieces that can get them over the hump that is the Maple Leafs skill and other teams that have skill. Because eventually, in the playoffs, you're going to meet teams skill versus skill. And for the Maple Leafs, it's either going to be in the set, uh, third round or a potential Stanley Cup final if they need there. And how do they get there? You start Jack Campbell every single game this series. He's had the number of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. He's had most teams' numbers in the Canadian division here. Start him. do not put Frederick Anderson in. Please, I beg you. I don't even think he should be the second goalie. You, there's no loyalty that you have to keep to Frederick Anderson. You gave him, him hand-fed him, rather, more opportunities than he's uh, needed. He's played almost every playoff game. I think he has played every playoff game that the Maple Leafs have played in over the last three or four years or so. Ever since we've had this goaltender, now it's Campbell's turn. And Campbell, proven this year that he can do it, and he's going to run away with the series, I think. Now, on the other end of the coin, Kerry Flippin' Price. And Flippin' is right. He uh, had a really big meltdown in the Leafs-Habs practice. I believe it was yesterday uh, when he allowed a goal. And obviously, I'm a baseball player. I feel in his shoes uh, when stuff aren't going right and you're in a bit of a slump, especially when returning back to injury and you have such high expectations for yourself. You will get upset with yourself if you're not playing at the capability you are at a time that you must be playing at your highest potential. And Carey Price, I mean, <laughs> cameraman was caught him at the worst time, but he has had a horrible season for his standards, at least. I believe he has a 908 save percentage or a 903, something around there. Nothing above 910, that is. And uh, definitely a season to forget for him. He's battled on and off injuries, especially this one here, his latest with a concussion. But uh it's going to be interesting to see how he does in this series and how he rebounds, because after what we have seen from him, and not just that video that was released from Montreal Canadiens practice, but in recent games, or at least as recent as you want to go, despite his injury, the, 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 the question mark really does lie in the crease for the Montreal Canadiens and who's going to be producing. <clears throat> I think, and this would be a smart plan for me. I'm not a Montreal Canadiens fan. I haven't followed them my entire life, but I followed them when they faced the Leafs. Carey Price is going to be your game one starter. No question about it. He's proven that he can get hot even when he's cold. He is a streaky goaltender, and he can really turn a, flip a switch just like that. So he's in for game one. No reason why he shouldn't be. But if he gets lit up like a Christmas tree, you got to kind of look at Jake Allen here. He's been, many believe he's been one of the best backups this season. He's been one of the most average goaltenders throughout his entire career. He's posting a 903 save percentage or a 908, nothing below 910. He's very relatable to Carey Price. Uh, obviously, with these two, with this team having two key uh, areas to turn to on the backup side of things. Uh, you're not putting Primo in. That's your absolutely last resort for this Montreal Canadiens team. <clears throat> turn to Jake Allen. If the Montreal Canadiens get smashed in Game 1, why not give Jake Allen a chance? He has had some weird numbers against the Maple Leafs this season, but throughout his entire career, and including that playoff run he had with the St. Louis Blues when he won a cup, he has had good starts, and he has had nothing crazy in the stat category. He's not a stat packer. He's not a stat goalie. He is going to beat you uh, in-game, in-house, and uh, not going to worry about his save percentage or anything like that. He's just going to save the puck. So if I'm the Montreal Canadiens and price gets lit up, put uh, Jake Allen in. Not a bad idea at all. And this is going to be an important thing to look at and follow, uh, a storyline to follow, that is, in the Leafs Habs series. And this one storyline that I'm going to have to follow And I have been following since the playoffs began, which was, I believe, on Saturday. What it's going to be then, A? Question by Anthony Burgess, uh, Alex DeLarge, The Clockwork Orange, one of my favorite novels. What's it going to be then, A? Question that, Alex, like I said before to open up this show, police are going to have to ask themselves when looking at their past, their present, and their future. You can't look at much of the past now. There's nothing you can do about it. You've lost so many series in horrible fashion game 7's games 5's going out of a qualifying series when you were favored immensely to beat a struggling Columbus Blue Jackets team a team that just got hot at the end of the season that that end of the season was 4 months prior to the first puck drop of that series the history is definitely not on the Leafs side here everyone knows it but what's it going to be then eh and this is a question i ask myself when looking at this Maple Leafs team and looking at other teams that are playing playoff games right now i looked at the i was watching the Jets and the Oilers series, or uh, Game One last night. Not a lot of uh, a lot of window dressing there. I didn't see too much. I mean, the score didn't improve. It it was four to one with two empty netters, uh, two to one, a three to one finish rather, two to one without the empty netters. I didn't see anything uh, intriguing. McDavid didn't look too threatening. Drysdale looked really good. Uh, <clears throat> that's about it. They didn't have anything from their top two units, and the production from the bottom three or bottom two units rather. Matches up nothing compared to the Winnipeg Jets. But this is something the Maple Leafs are going to have to look to. And I was looking at a series, again, Boston Brewers and Washington Capitals, two hard-hitting teams that are going to beat you in the physical side of things and getting so many shots on goal and hoping with the guys in front something goes through. You look at games like the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, great defensive uh, lockdowns from both teams despite the high-scoring games, Uh, great goaltending from the uh, series between the Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights, Every series has its own storyline. And I always think, how are the Leafs going to stack up to this physical play that the Boston Bruins play, the New York Islanders play, all these American teams, and I didn't see it a lot in the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers series, despite them combining for 118 hits. It didn't look like it. What I want to see for the Maple Leafs is a fight off the opening draw or something physical that is going to get them into the game and into the series. They have to match the play of their American counterparts if they want to have any success. Because if you want to go far in this playoff series and this playoff journey, you're going to have to get some wins against American teams. And why not get into that form now? Get physical, get dirty, and get winning. That's all I got to say for the Maple Leafs here. This, that's they're going to be their identity. They have to have a new identity. They have to flip the page of what has happened to them in years prior. It's it's something that you can't look at. You can't look back at it. You can't change it. You have to start now. The team was built for now. The team's built to win now. Stanley Cup is in their grasps. On paper, everyone can favor this Maple Leafs team to win the cup. It's all about who they want to be. Which team do you want to be? I think we're going to see that if they go down in the series or if they go up a series lead. Are you going to step on their neck and beat them? Don't give them any life a day to come back? We saw it in with the Colorado Avalanche last night, just drilling the St. Louis Blues, Nazem Kadri no pun intended, but on the score sheet, just killing them, no relentlessness. And this is why the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche are favored to win it. The only problem they have in their known zone, they have they struggle to get out of their own zone. You look at the Maple Leafs, and they uh, they are going to have to battle, uh, battle in this series and really get the physical end of things, and really clean up this identity. This is their identity. They're going to win. They have to win. They have to win this series against the Habs. If not, it's going to bring a whole train of problems in the offseason. They have to win this series. And you know how they're going to do it? With their new identity that they're going to It's a must. It's it's 8-1 on the score sheet. 8-1 on the game sheet. Look at keys to the game. Bring out a new identity. That's what's going to be the key factor for the Maple Leafs. you got to be physical, and you got to beat this team in more ways than one, and that is scoring and the physical play. So what's it going to be then? A a new Leafs identity. A Leafs win. They're going to have to do it. This is the time. The time is now. They got the players. The organization is so deep in riches that they can go and pull from. They've made the acquisitions. They've made the signings. They've done the play. They've shut down guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid all throughout this season. Two games especially stood out. They got the goaltending. And their defensive game has improved immensely from last season. So, one more time. What's it going to be then, eh? My favorite book, Clockwork Orange. The question that I've always thought of for this Maple Leafs team. What's it going to be then? Well, say it quick. The Leafs are going to win. That's it. Don't go to sugarcord it. Let's not mix words here. The Leafs have been there. And it hasn't looked pretty. It's a new year. It's 2021. Proceeding 2020. We've seen how this year can affect teams. And uh, how this year can affect people in general. Miracles happen. Weird things happen. Weird things like the Maple Leafs winning a playoff series. And that is what they're going to do. And that's about it. All they're going to need is good defensive showing, good goaltending, good offense from their key guys, Matthews, Marner, Hyman. That line's got to be on full force. And, of course, you got to beat the Montreal Canadiens in more ways than none. That's it for me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this little preview between the Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, I'm going solo today. I don't got my counterparts with me. Aiden McCullough, Michael Iboni, Josh Levec. They're all away from the podcast, so to speak, right now. It's just me having a conversation about the Maple Leafs and looking forward to seeing them come out with not just two points tonight, but a playoff victory, playoff round victory at the end of the week.